Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. God, we got to watch Book Club and Book Plug. Yeah. Uh, but we did. We did call it Book Club, didn't we? I think so. Um, oh, uh, what was it? We had a sexy name for it that made Mike uncomfortable. Oh, I can't remember. Um, that was like a year ago. It was like a year ago. Um, softcore Book Club. It Thank you. It was Softcore Book Club. Um. <laughs> Hey everyone, uh, this is Josie, pronouns they, them. And this is Becca, ooh, switching the directions, ooh. Uh, pronouns she, her, hers. We're going to it, keep it flirty with this little uh, little feed drop and a yeah, little... bonus feed drop. This is the Softcore Book Club. It's super soft. With your by-the-cover judges, Beck and Josie. And Josie and Becca. Uh, so yeah, let's just settle in, get comfortable, nice and soft. Yeah, and... Um, let me let me tell you how you want to treat yourself for this one. Um, <laughs> no, don't please tell me how I want to Please take off your shoes. <laughs> Um, just kind of let the breeze go. See if you on. have like a good comfy pair just of slippers. Let the go. Just, just really like slip, slip them in there. Oh. Um, maybe like moisturize your skin <laughs> if it's feeling a little dry or flaky. Get a glass of wine or chosen beverage if you don't drink. Like how uh, how much of our sexual content do you uh, our sensual content? I'll actually say do you cut out. Just let it all go. Just kind of really let it run. Um, but... <laughs> This is, yeah, this is the Softcore Book Club. Um, Becca and I take a lot of time reading other people's reviews of books, um, many of which we have never read before. Uh, and so... And we do read a lot of books. We do read a lot of books. We're smart people. Um, don't believe us. Listen to the voice I'm using. It should convince you. Um, but we... We think you should listen to the whole podcast, which proves that we're geniuses. But we wanted to start these short little... Uh, short little... Bi- Book, book club, big club. club. Um, to talk about books that we we like and give our our reviews, our kind of just some our positive reviews opinions. that we like about yeah. things. Um, and so so that's what we're doing here today. Do you want to go first or shall I? You can go first. Yeah, today I wanted to talk about uh, Double Fudge by Judy Bloom. Uh, this is a relatively old. Uh, book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say like 90s or early aughts. Uh, I'm just going to do this unsubstantiated yeah. fact thing. Uh, please fact check me real quick, Becca, while I keep talking. Double Fudge is the, the second in a series about a family living uh, in New York. 2002. 2002, so early aughts. Um, and, uh, and it's the sequel in a book about a family. Uh, the younger brother is uh, named Fudge, uh, is his nickname. Uh, and he has an interesting quirk of being obsessed with money. Um, it largely follows uh, the, the older sibling uh, who 
is dealing with the fact that he has this younger brother who uh, one of the big plot points is that he has a tooth that is about to fall out mm-hmm. and he's excited to get money from the tooth fairy because it's one of part of his get rich quick scheme is to lose all of the teeth in his mouth. Um, and uh, and in this particular book, uh, one of the major plot pieces is that they find out that uh, their uh, that their dad has like this brother or cousin who has not really been a part of the family for a while, and they meet on this family trip, and they have um, they have a child, a son who is two years younger than Fudge, um, and they look almost exactly the same. They're like. Um, twins except just like it's like a mini so they so thus double fudge and he gets starts being called like mini I think mini fudge um, as a joke and this other family group invites themselves into this new this family's New York apartment um, at the same time the main character is dealing with the fact that his best friend is going to be moving to Soho um, which obviously is not completely out of the city, but it is. That's hard for like a it's in a metropolitan yeah in a yeah. metropolitan kind of situation. They they talk about how like public transportation is going to be an issue. And what I like about um, oh, and it ends with the mini fudge um, because he likes eating things because he's uh, like a four, three or four year old. Mm-hmm. He eats fudge's tooth, so the tooth falls out, and he accidentally swallows his cousin's <laughs> tooth. And this is kind of a big climactic uh, moment. Um, but then there's there's other stuff that goes on where you know the best friend they don't talk for a while because you know they don't know how their friendship is going to be, and they have to figure these things out. And he's upset with his parents for the fact that the cousin is here and that they're not, you know, why don't you treat, why do you treat me this way and not my brother this way, that sort of thing. And that's one of the things I've always loved about Judy Bloom's writer, uh, writing, uh, not writer, um, writing, uh, is like how all of her kids' books, all of her teen books, um, have very real situations, you know, like as a kid, like I moved around a lot cause my parents were still like getting their degrees and stuff when, uh, when they were married and when my sister and I were born, Um, And so very much had that experience of having these really good friends who I then was moving away from and was never going to see again. And like, especially when I was a kid, like email was just starting to be a thing and I didn't get a cell phone that was for anything other than family emergencies until I was like, well, into being a teenager. Um, So kind of that that weird turn of the technology right around the that that mid aught section books like that, like really spoke to me. And then she always in a lot of her other books also would have kind of like weird fantasy elements or, you know, the kids were always uniquely good at one thing, which really resonated with me. Cause I was, Gifted I happened child. to be a smart kid, you know? So that, that's my long spiel about Judy Bloom and double fudge. You know, it's funny. I never read Judy Bloom, even though like I associate for whatever reason, Judy Bloom being like a really big girl's, Writer. I don't. Mm-hmm. I didn't read a lot of realistic stories again because, yeah. like, I always thought that I was going to my real family was going to come down from space and find me. Right. Yeah. Um, Alien child. Yeah. Or like you know, Faye child mistake. The Hogwarts um, letter was coming. Type, yeah, type of a that feeling. kind of thing. Like, except that J.K. Rowling's a transphobic shithead, so we got to stop referencing yeah, those things. Unfortunately. Um, <laughs> maybe not unfortunately honestly like some of her ideas like great. that are like, common like in, in are, you are you what's are you, your patronus are you smart brave nice or evil truly the horoscope of um <laughs> children's groupings um yeah 
So it, it's it's funny to me that like you you were so specifically into Judy Blue. Yeah. Um, well, and I think that's a big thing is double fudge. Um, I am also experiencing this flickering flickering lights. Do you want to just turn it down real quick? The aliens are definitely coming for me right um, now. At the age of twenty four, here I am. Um. All right. Now it truly is a, a by the cover, by the cover um, nights. All right. Where were we? Um. Judy oh, Bloom. Yeah, the big thing. So the big thing for me is it, it, Double Fudge was a book that my grandmother would read to me and my sister when we were at mm. we were at their house, um, and so it became like a big like nostalgia point um, for me and kind of has the kind of thing that like your grandma up. would read to you even when you could read it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Specifically, yeah. And it was always like that same book, and so then I got into a lot of other Judy Bloom stuff. There's the one about a girl who starts like a newspaper at her school to kind of like take down like not take down but like protest against the mean and unfair teachers at her school type of a thing and, and so thence your personality now yeah so my particular issues with authority were definitely inspired by <laughs> uh, judy bloom and her characters um but but yeah i think that she's she's a lovely lovely author who really accesses that children's book and writes decently long books like Judy Bloom books are not uh, are not like picture books or short reads. Like when I say that they're kids books, that's not um, not that there's anything wrong with those kinds of books either. But like they're really nice, substantive stories that still feel a little bit outside of realism. It mm -hmm. kind of lets you have kind of this like fantasizing about like your friends in Manhattan type of like life, mm -hmm. um, but still is very grounded in like real emotions that, that kids go through and experience. And I think that's really great. So how old were you when you were reading these Judy Bloom books? Like just out of curiosity, I want to like gauge it. Cause I want to be able to hit like uh -huh. the age you were at. Let's compare what books Becca was reading at that um, same time. I was probably, I probably started with those books. Um, Double Fudge was probably read to me or like I listened to a lot of audio tapes because mm -hmm. road trips were a big thing in my family. We did not fly a lot of places. Um, even when we were moving around a lot and we, would visit family on mm -hmm. long, long car trips. Um, and so I would probably say starting as early as like four years old is when I get into Judy Bloom. Okay. And I probably don't get out of Judy Bloom until I'm 10 or 11 before I start going through the, oh, those are for kids kind of phase. Okay, okay. Um, so, so 10, 11, um, that would be... So my probably like my one of my like go to authors for that age. And she probably honestly like I, I got into a lot of books that I maybe shouldn't have gotten into at those ages. This happens when you um, sometimes when you're a smart kid and your parents I let you Wuthering Heights in middle school. Oh, that was a mistake. Dear. Yeah. Um, Still haven't read that. Don't need to. You don't need to. Um, they're terrible people. That's the point. Um, uh so anyway, that's um, <laughs> why when Stephanie Meyer references like Wuthering Heights and some of those other like problematic romances being like high romance and Bella's like, I already had read those for books. Her. I knew um, what romance was because I read about toxic situations um, that young people go through. So anyway, um, so at that age, um, I think like one of my go to writers was Tamora Pierce overall. Mm -hmm. Um Tamora Pierce is well known for two different properties, the Circle of Magic series, which was not well how I was introduced to her. Mm -hmm. Um and um and the uh 
the Tortal series, um, which like I specifically came the Tortal, into... which is like a like a a tortellini, a really big turtle. They're all they're actually all pastas um, in this world. No, um... the the risotto. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, we are What's Your Excuse? Podcast. Exactly. That's I'm right. Caitlin. I am Megan. And we are here to talk to you about all of your things that you want to shit talk about. That's right. Is your life going poorly? Check. Are you curious about diseases that are running rampant? Check. Check. Do you want to know all the places I have had sex in this world? Check. Check. <laughs> you can find that all right here on What's Your Excuse podcast. Uh, at Rogue Media Network, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and Google. Yes, that's right. And give us a follow. Thanks. <laughs> What's your excuse? Uh, so I I started there. There's a four, five, five different series that she's written within the Tortal series. Um. So there's the Lioness Quintet, which I have actually never read. Okay, which so is, this is twenty. I'm sorry, I'm interjecting. Twenty five books total. Mm, five of five, you said. Mm, no. Oh, or five series, and this first one is a five book series. No. Uh, <laughs> sorry. My need for specifics that aren't actually good for the podcast has killed <laughs> the momentum. Uh, so there's the Linus series. That's a four book series. Her series sometimes like vary in length, gotcha. which is the only reason. And like, so they're, they are different series following different women. What I love so much about Tamora Pierce is like her, her books are probably the first time I ever read a story um, in the, in the circle of magic series. I'm going to jump around all the time because ADHD um, or whatever brain thing that I have that just makes my brain unable to focus on any one specific thought um as one does <laughs> we um is um uh so the circle of magic series actually stars the first gay woman of color i think i read in a book oh wow um and like she's explicitly in love with a woman Very by like the culmination then. novel yeah um tamora pierce means the world to yeah. me um uh and so, but but the Lioness series, which I've actually never read, which is kind of sacrilegious because the Lioness series starts the whole Tartal series. Uh-huh. Um, I started reading it with, I think, the follow-up series, which is the Protector of the Small series. Okay. Um, and this, this series um, specifically focuses on, like, um, women who want to be knights and, like... The, the Lioness series is, like, the very first one. Um, and then, like, kind of everyone following thereafter. Um, so uh, I think I pointed out these books to you on my collection. Um, there's also, like, the like the wild magic series and so like that one oh, follows yeah. like a mage who like can do, like, animal magic and she's really rad and cool. Um and probably like my favorite series from that whole thing um, is there's like this great revolution um, that happens like in another continent 
um, where essentially, like, initially you really think one of the sisters is going to be the the heir to the throne. Right. Um, and it kind of poses this wonderful question in the second book where she's like, this is not what I want. I know mm. I am the older sibling. I know that I should want this for my people. And essentially, like, it, it does this really wonderful thing where... Um, this this the setup for this is that there is a woman who's from Tortal, mm-hmm. um, and Tortal is like established as like a really good kingdom. Um, like it has a really fair and wonderful king. Like right. the reestablishing of this king actually like improves the land because like during the whole Lioness series, like things are falling apart because magic. Yeah. Um, and she helps Fan- the king fantasy. like fix things. Um, and and all of these like areas kind of involve like fixing some element of the world. So right. like the the Wild Mage series is like all about fixing the relationship between the gods realms and the physical realm. Mm. Um the protector of the small actually gets like really like really specifically um and like like her thing in the end is like kind of a culmination of her hero's quest to protect the smallest and the most ignored centers of people. So like there the the final plot is like her her protect- protecting children from being abused and like sent made into like war machinery essentially because of magic. I really like how it's all set in the same world, but it's kind of what, what is being focused on. Cause I think that is one of the things that uh, as I become more cognizant of an adult human being, just like realizing that like, there's only so much that like one person can focus on, Mm -hmm. especially like even when it comes to like, just like infrastructure and like all of that sort of stuff that like, I think that's a really cool way of incorporating that into your fantasy plot as well. And so like Tortal is established as like essentially like this really great nation. Um, and then it's kind of implied that in this, this other nation that this character Allie has now wind up, wound up in because she decided to be a teenager and was like, mm-hmm. fuck my parents, I'm leaving. Um, And she's been, like, trained to be... She's got all of these, like, skills that relate to being, like, an excellent spy. Um, And so she thinks she's just going to, like, sneak away, but she winds up being kidnapped and enslaved. Oh, super Um, fun. I know, like... The best. It's not as bad as it sounds, but (laughs) it is as bad as it sounds. Um, You know what I'm saying. Still slavery. And she winds up being, like... She winds up being guided by a god um, and, like, established... Mm in this small family that she's like essentially charged with protecting and he won't tell her why she kind of has to figure out that like this God wants to reestablish power in this country. Um, So she's like a paladin sort of situation. Yeah. But like, he doesn't give her much power. He doesn't give her any power so much as like he gives her help along the way sometimes. And like, he's really sideways about the type of help that he gives. Gotcha. Um, and like it's kind of established that the gods of Tortal have oppressed this nation mm. and like kind of assigned their own chosen leader. But what's happening in this book is essentially like the people who were native to this land reclaiming the throne. Oh, interesting. Um, and so like that's when like this complication of like the older sister essentially being like, I am not interested in like this hereditary line, like this is not what I want. And the younger sister stepping into those roles because she actually cares. It, it's it's such an interesting way to approach that, and it's such a weird complication for a second book to establish. Yeah. Um, and it's a two-book series. It's freaking phenomenal. Trickster's Choice. Got it. 
found the tricks. Yeah, found trickster's the choice. There we go. Um, there we go. And like that's the thing is like this 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 nation's like main god who was kind of shunted to the side um, mm. is a trickster god, and so he's all about like changing and like gotcha. Yeah, that's cool. And so it's just I I I think Tamora Pierce is a phenomenal writer. Um, some of the, like the things that she kind of touches on are like. Um, contraception, like in some of her other books, Ooh. like there's magical contra- contraception and like consensual sex and like when that, when that is time. Um, and I, I, I grew up reading those books and yeah, they were, they were kind of exactly what I needed in terms of like women who were really active in their own stories. Um, and like, you know, again, that kind of like special, special mm-hmm. person. Um, but like, this sense of like those skills will be used somewhere specific yeah, and we'll be able to make a big change. Um, and I think like, if you're really looking for Tamora Pierce, like you can kind of find one in any flavor. That's cool. That you're looking for. Um, other media that isn't books, uh, that kind of in the vein of what we're talking about, which is like stuff that was important to us as kids. Some things that I think are really important right now that like, if you have uh, a young child, um, I cannot recommend enough uh, She Ran the Princesses of Power on, on Netflix. Noelle Stevenson ran that show, and it is just amazing, amazing, amazing. And then also just re- released on Netflix is The Babysitter's Club. Um, oh, Beckin and I tried to watch it. We are a little bit... In, in a shocking plot twist, this media is really made for young teenagers, and so we yeah. didn't really... like. We were like, it's great that this thing exists, but we do not need to watch it. But yeah, middle school and young high school, I think definitely would get a lot out of it um and i will say that like you know as as a trans person there there's an episode that they're they're watching a a a young a young kid who is trans um and just have some really excellent scenes about that um and and kind of what what trans kids need uh you know and so i think that i think that that kind of media is really great and important um for uh young kids young girls um young queer children um, who don't even know that that is what they are yet um, or who they are yet um, that, that having that kind of like positive representation that we're seeing in some of these shows is so, so important. Um, and so that, that is what I have. And if I just talked into the microphone more, great audio. <laughs> we're, um, we're a pair of uncomfortable gays. I'm a gay person. All right. This has been a softcore book club. Um, <laughs> now you can get back to being uncomfortable. Put on your, your bad shoes. You put on again. your bad shoes, stand back up, uncrack your back. Go outside, um, get into the humidity. You're uncomfortable now. It's, it's so bad. Um, but thank you so much for listening and uh, tune in to all the rogue media things that come out on a incredibly regular basis, <laughs> including hopefully next week. Uh, a regularly scheduled episode of By the Cover. Bye. Bye. Oh, I don't know what other things we have to do. Becca, Josie. That's it. We might use, they might be giants. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.